All good morning again here on Victory 91.5. I'm Quincy. This is Q in the morning. It's a special day anytime I get to have folks in the studio, but today it is special because we have our friends from Victory Church, so it's Victory on Victory. <laughs> I always love getting, when I had Pastor Mo here, I, I used that same as well from our from your Midtown campus. But we do have from Norcross, uh, Senior Pastors Johnson and Summer Bowie. So thankful to have you guys. Yeah, this glad to be here. Great Thanks for having here. us. Coming over from the city, you know, making a little <laughs> trek early, you know, dealing with some of the traffic and the fun that comes along with Nothing this better. morning commute, right? Well, I'm so glad we have the opportunity here to be in this particular time of prayer because uh, the 8 o'clock hour for us at Victory is a special one. Uh, we always make sure we're interceding for the lost during this time. So when I have guests that are pastors, I love the opportunity to give you that uh, quick gospel message and, and to pray. And again, the prayer point here is, yes, praying for the lost, but for those intercessors that have those names of loved ones and uh, family members and friends that they want to bring before the Father in the name of Jesus, that they want to see come to the realization that they need a Savior. Mm. And so I would love for you to, either one of you, whoever feels led, to take the honor of, of taking that time in prayer this morning for us. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I'd be I'd be honored to. So, Father, right now we, um, oh goodness, um, hallowed be your name. Yes, Lord. Our Father in heaven. We thank you, God, that we can even pray that our Father in heaven. It's just mine. It's it's not mine. It's not that we're just individuals doing this thing, God. We're actually praying our Father mm -hmm. in heaven, even as we're driving, as we're commuting, as we're taking care of our kids, as we're just waking up and getting going, wherever we're at, all across the spectrum, God, we thank you that you are our Father in heaven, and that's because of Jesus Christ. And so what we pray even right now, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. God, thank you for the beauty, the glory, the majesty, the kingdom that is in heaven. And right now we pray that it would be done on earth, that your kingdom would come here on earth. Your will would be done here on earth. God, I thank you for what this this week means mm -hmm. in, in the calendar. Um, God, for Monday, for Tuesday, for Wednesday, leading into Passover. God, leading into the betrayal in the garden. God, thank you for the fact that uh, Jesus was striped on his back yes. for our wounds. God, that he uh, suffered unjustly, but he did not revile back. God, we thank you that Jesus Christ went to the cross on that good Friday. God, even um, can you remind us of how good Friday is. God, there is no good news on Sunday without the bad news of Friday. So mm -hmm. good. So Friday, even in the spectrum, God, it is good news. We thank you for the stripes on Jesus's back. God, we thank you for the wounds in his side, his hands, his feet, for our sins, for our transgressions, that because of Jesus Christ, we are free. God, even as we head into Saturday, and we look at Silent Saturday when when somehow inexplicably God is in the tomb. There are many even today who feel as if God is dead. Mm. God reach them where they are at. And even as we look ahead to this beautiful Resurrection Sunday, we're reminded that the tomb is empty. Yes, um, there are many of us who've gone to Israel. I've gone to Israel. <laughs> and the tomb is still empty. Yes, <laughs> Jesus is alive. Mm. And that changes everything and god there are many of us today who are listening who are who are sold out who are bought into that reality that our lives have been changed we are born again by the good news the gospel has radically transformed our lives we are different people we are we will live forever our sins are forgiven we've been washed and sanctified and justified we are clean in god's sight god thank you for those of us who have put our faith in jesus christ we are saved by grace through faith not by works or else we could boast about it but god we we now turn and we lift up our eyes like Jesus says to see that the fields are white for the harvest yes, Lord. even as we look back throughout the history of the church God the last 2,000 years 
Yeah, we see all the resistances to the gospel. I know we're living in a, in a culture right now that is hostile to the gospel. And so mm. many of us, we don't, we don't want to get into the fray of the cancel culture. And so we kind of shrink back. But 2,000 years of church history actually tell us that it's not about the resistance of the culture. It's actually about the persistence of the church. Yes, it's about the passion of the church. It's about the conviction of the good news that we carry. So God, as we look at this hostile culture, we are not intimidated. God, we do not shrink back. Even in the Beatitudes, you said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. And so, God, we're not intimidated by what may come. God, we're going to enter into the fray. And so, God, help us to see that the fields truly are white for the harvest. Mm -hmm. And so the problem is not with the harvest. The problem is with the laborers. (laughs) Those of us who have already bought into the gospel, who have had our lives Mm -hmm. radically transformed. And so, God, right now we pray that you would send out laborers into the harvest in this week above all other weeks. God, that that this is the Super Bowl. Can we call it that? The Super Bowl of Christianity. God, understanding what's going to happen this week across all the churches, all over the globe, all over the nation, all over our state, and all over our city. Father, we believe that the gospel is going to be preached and that the word of God never returns void. And so, God, we're, we're praying that you would equip us, embolden us, empower us, and give us the words that we need to speak to our loved ones, to our friends, and to our neighbors who need to hear the good news of Jesus. God, let us do that one-on-one. And let us also use our influence in our, in our, in our sphere of influence to invite people to our home church. God, where they could come into a community and see that the tomb is empty, to hear the gospel preach and have an opportunity to respond. God, we believe this week, because of the influence of the listeners here, um, because of the work of the church all across the city, God, that countless thousands are going to come to faith in Jesus Christ. They're going to bow their knee. They're going to have a heart of stone exchanged with a heart of flesh. They're going to be born again. And heaven is going to get bigger because of what's about to happen this week. And so, God, even today, as we go about our day, Father, open up our eyes to see those who need the good news, those who need a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, those who need uh, an act of justice motivated by a heart that's been changed, and those who need um, the word of the Lord in due season. Mm. God, I thank you for every single one of these listeners, and right now I'll bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would freshly encourage them to engage their community with the good news of Jesus, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Well, we're going to have an opportunity to talk some more with Johnson and Summer Bowie, and we are looking forward to hearing some of their story and their journey to ministry and more about Victory Church. Oh, he is a good God. What a reminder from Mac Brock here on The Sound of Revival. I'm Quincy. This is Q in the Morning on Victory 91.5. And we have the lead pastors of Victory Church from the Norcross campus, Johnson and Summer Bowie, here with us today. I had a wonderful opportunity to, to pray with Johnson here a little bit ago. And now we're going to start to dive into the stories a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so 20 years at Victory and, and been in leadership for a while now. But we need to go back, you know, because people, you made a comment off the air about how people think you just appear behind the pulpit and that's it. <laughs> There's a story there. Yeah. And uh, since since uh, everybody's talking about spring, we'll go ahead and start with summer this morning. <laughs> and uh, we're talking. <laughs> <that> <laughs> we're talking a little bit about um, you know our kind of our backgrounds as we're getting to know each other this morning. And you know my story was getting born again very young age and growing up in the church and all of that. And I, I feel you, you said your story is similar to that that you had a, a major background growing up in the church. Absolutely. I think. Um from the earliest time I could remember, I was in the church and, uh, you know, it wasn't just Christmas and Easter, but it's Sunday and Wednesday and small group day or, <laughs> when the doors are open, you know, yeah. we, we had, um, what was it called prims or Royal Rangers, which were like the Christian boy scouts yep. and girl scouts. And so I was in church, um, as much as possible. And my parents did a great job just raising me up in the ways of the Lord. But, you know, what I found is that I, I came to be, um, kind of more in a religious or legalistic mindset. Mm. Um, like, let me do church, but Just not... check the boxes. Absolutely, yeah. check the boxes, but not really fully understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, mm. what it means to really love the Lord. And in uh, just going through some of my own trauma and things when I was younger, found myself at a very early age looking for other things to fill me, to satisfy me, to take away hurt and pain. Mm. 
Um, so I had a real come to Jesus moment probably when I was about 14, 15 years old where I where most people try and, and do things in their, their 20s. I was I was an early adopter. <laughs> um, so, Overachiever, uh, that's over, what we call yeah, it. Yeah, overachiever. <laughs> um, where I'd say my parents probably wore out the, the, their jeans the, and made holes in their jeans being on their knees praying mm. for me. So um, had a real come to Jesus moment when I was probably 14, 15 years old um, where I had gotten to the end and just said, God, I'm done. And if you're there, like, I'm so sorry. And just this heart, actual heart of repentance. You know, we can say, God, I'm sorry and go back into our things. But this real heart of repentance and I need you. And uh, it was in that moment where I I literally, um, as I begin to just repent for different things, I had just involved myself in the Lord just came in in that moment and... um, he just, I'm a very visual person. He speaks to me a lot visually, whether it's in dreams or visions. Um, and in that moment, saw this glass and it had just a little bit of water in it and then a full pitcher of water next to it. Mm. And he said, you've given yourself to all these other things and poured yourself out, but now here's what I want to do. Wow. And I saw the pitcher just pour into the glass and overflow and um, just really felt the spirit of the Lord fall on me and these things begin to break off. And so, you know, there's hope. For anyone who's listening and thinks mm. I've, I'll never, you know, come to that point in my relationship with Jesus or God. Are you really out there? And He's out there. Yeah. And He wants to free us and, and heal us. And um, so that was a turning point in my life, mm-hmm. and just set me on this new trajectory. Not to say I didn't deal with things. Um, right. As time went on, I absolutely did. But just because you see somebody on a platform doesn't mean there's not a a story Mm. behind that and that they've lived a life of perfection because that's far from the truth. For a lot of us that grew up that way, having the foundation of the church, religion or kingdom or whatever, you know, you, you come through that and you think, well, now I need to separate myself from this because now I'm this. Right. But that foundation is what had you asking the question that gave you the opportunity to see what God was trying to tell you. Absolutely. So a lot of times I think like the enemy tries to take our story from us. You know, for years I fought that about sharing my own testimony because I didn't have one. I didn't have this mm-hmm. big deliverance moment. I didn't have this big story to tell. But God keeping you in those early years and that foundation that he showed you that vision in launched you into the story that has led you here. Yeah. And so I feel like that's an important story to tell. And I know we're going to get to your story too yeah. as well, Johnson. And I know that there's going to be the Lord going to resonate with some people through your story and then your story together and we have plenty of time to do that this morning and all of that is going to lead us to talking about what the Lord is doing through Victory Church and we're so grateful for their underwriting and the opportunity to partner with them especially leading into this Easter season and uh, we're going to get back into a little bit of the music right now and uh, folks as you're getting yourselves ready for you know school or well no spring break for most people but uh, whatever's going on in your day make sure you're sticking around enjoy some of the uh, atmosphere for the worship and know that it's more than just a song we're worshiping in we're worshiping in these stories and these opportunities to see what the Lord has done, this inventory of influence, the people, the places, the things that the Lord uses in our journeys to get us where he needs us to be. And we're going to talk some more with the lead pastors from Victory Church, Johnson and Summer Bowie here on Victory 91.5. Victory 91.5. Francesca Battistelli along with Sanctus Real on that one. Won't let me go. Love all the collaboration in the worship genre of songs right now. There's a lot of people coming together to pour out what the Lord is pouring into them. And we get to play that here on Your Sound of Revival. And we're so glad that we have opportunities like this morning uh, to talk to Victory Church pastors Johnson and Summer Bowie. And uh, we got to hear from Summer now. It's time to hear a little bit of Johnson's story. And that I promise it'll come to the time where we talk about them together. Uh, but <laughs> but Johnson, your story is a little similar. Uh, yeah. Grew up in the church and it was church camp where you guys met so lead us lead us there tell us a little bit about it yeah so well i mean maybe the theme is uh, some of your listeners will get some encouragement for their teenagers absolutely uh, they have some teenagers that aren't following the lord so um yeah myself so my dad was a presbyterian pastor and so i grew you know as, PK. yeah so He's summer said it a few minutes ago she was there every time the doors were open on sunday and wednesday and friday uh we were there on sunday because that was when the doors were open <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so one day okay. Week. um so yeah, so but I was I was the kid uh, on the back row passing notes and 
trying to maybe pay attention, but not not understanding anything. Parents and snapping fingers from across yeah, the church. Getting yeah, getting in trouble because um, <laughs> my dad was preaching. Um, yeah, and, and so distinctly, I remember um, maybe around eight or nine, maybe even ten, my mom sat my brother, my older brother, my older sister, and I down on the stairs and, you know, explained the gospel and said, hey, do you want to believe this? You know, do you believe this? And uh, my brother or my sister said, yes, I, I believe that I receive it and sit up and went inside and my brother was like yes I believe it I receive it sit up and went inside my mom looks at me and I'm like nope (laughs) (laughs) the rebel yeah Yeah. and I I I just remember like we just kind of had this like what now I mean we just looked at each other and I I wasn't gonna just say yes just to be able to go inside and yeah I, I, I legitimately did not understand what the big deal was about all this. Mm. I just knew it was what we did on Sundays. And I was raised in the house, had awesome parents, awesome family, awesome environment, um, but did not believe. Mm. And it wasn't until after my freshman year in high school, went to a youth camp, and now I am a huge believer in youth camps. Parents, get your kids to youth group, get them to off-site youth events, do whatever you can financially, like do um, what, whatever you can, short of sin, to get your kids to youth events. Short of sin. <laughs> short of That's sin. A key point. <laughs> um, and it was there that um, the preacher uh, explained the gospel and literally for the first time in my life, it was like the, the light bulb went on over yeah. my head. And he said, if you believe this, raise your hand. And my hand shot up. And I remember looking around the rest of the room and looking at everybody else. And, and there was maybe like 20 people with their hands up. And I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> everybody should have their hands up. I'm looking at, I know what you do and I know what you do. And I know what you do. Everybody should have their hands up. And I remember I went to the other room and the youth leader's talking to us and she, my youth leader's talking to me and she's like, are you rededicating your life? And I was like, I re implies again. Um, mm-hmm. I think you assumed I was already a Christian. I am, I, if it, I guess dedicating my life would be uh, yeah. the, the thing. And so came back and really just entered into what I would, you know, didn't know how to call it, but, uh, um, endeavoring to live a life of discipleship. So trying mm-hmm. to read my Bible, didn't know where to start. I'm like in lamentation. And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious, what's going on? <laughs> How do I stay here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. Ended up at UGA, God's College. Glory, hallelujah. Oh, Good bless. time to be a bulldog. <laughs> and, uh, we got another bulldog in the room. Yeah. Uh, and so my freshman year at UGA, my next door neighbor was a was Assembly of God preacher's kid, which I had no frame of reference for Assembly of God. <laughs> um, I know Baptist, Presbyterian. I th- just think we're all the same. And so he, We're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. core, you know, the, the non-negotiables we are. <laughs> and he invited me to an off-site um, youth college uh, retreat that his church was having in October, Halloween weekend, 1997. And it was there that I, you know, you look back at your life and you see there's a handful of forks in the road uh, moments. Mm -hmm. And this was the fork in the road, whether or not I said yes or no. And so I said, yes. And I went opening uh, a night of that retreat. I get baptized in the Holy Spirit. My Ooh. life gets picked up off of one path because I, I was a pretty good kid, but I had started going to frat parties and just going mm. 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction in just a few months at UGA, which Try was to have easy your feet to do. on two different roads. Absolutely. Yeah. Trying to do the splits and you can't yeah. get very far down either road. <laughs> and uh, God sovereignly picked me up, put me on another path. Um, I start praying for the sick in the room. Nobody ever taught me how to do that. Like just God's radical spark something on the inside of me because mm. um, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit I was literally praying God no more fear wow I don't want to be afraid to share the, the gospel yeah I don't want to the conviction of God came on me yeah. of being afraid to talk about Jesus at UGA and so I had this like you know, Acts 1, 8, Acts 2 sort of moment, you're mm. going to get power to be a witness when the mm. Holy Spirit comes upon you so you know how I always say it is I prayed that, that I wouldn't be afraid so I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So God gave me the Holy Spirit. And it was on that same trip that I met this lady right here sitting next to me. Wow. Summer now buoy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> summer well, walkers. You yeah, have to have the Holy buoy. Spirit first. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's powerful. I'm so glad that we got to get a little of your individual stories. And then our next opportunity to talk, we're going to talk about the combined journey that has now brought you into victory and, and the leadership there and all the Lord is doing through that. I'm excited to hear what the Lord is going to do. And I know that there's people that this is resonating with. As I said earlier, you know, you have a story. Each person has a story. And every 
time we share our testimony, it means God's going to do it again, right? So that means somebody out there needs to hear what the Lord is doing in our lives so that they can have that moment of, okay, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. Yeah. And that's the power of what we get to talk about today. I've got it all. All the completed work of the cross, because of Jesus, we do have it all. That's Johnny Diaz here on Victory 91.5. Thanks so much for stopping by today on a Tuesday. A little bit different on Q in the morning today because we get to have some guests. I don't have to be by myself, which is nice. <laughs> uh, that we get to, you know, time flies when you're having fun. And I always have fun in here, but extra people make it much more fun. And we're getting into the story of, you know, adding an extra person to a life, right? Yeah. We got to, to get to the point where you guys met. Now, you told us the story. Of, of getting the Holy Spirit, but you didn't quite give the detail that your soon-to-be wife was one of the ones interceding in the Spirit that almost scared you out the door. So, Absolutely. <laughs> which one was to start the perspective of this story? So, I, if, if he had more time, he'd tell it thoroughly, but he always jokes because he says, you know, when I walked in the room, there were all these people yelling, shouting in tongues. I was like, I beg to differ. We were praying and interceding. Uh, and the Holy Spirit, which is what our youth pastor asked us to do, and not knowing that um, that night he would get baptized wow. in the Holy Spirit. So I was one who was interceding on his behalf, is what I like to yeah, say. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, for anybody listening who is like, whoa, where are we going right now? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you know, again, I was raised Presbyterian, so we were never taught for or against uh, anything like what we're talking about right now. Really, my posture pretty, then... And really since then is is this bottom line thing. God, if it's you, I yeah. want it. Absolutely. Yeah. If it's man made, if it's false, if it's pomp and circumstance, I don't want it. Yeah, keep it where it belongs. Yeah. But if it's yeah. you, yeah, I want it because it's good mm. and it's good for me. Wow. So that experience then led to you guys meeting later on that weekend? Oh, or we like we had actually um we had actually already hung out before. Okay. We just weren't like we weren't, neither one of us were looking for a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that, we just, our mutual friend who was a roommate, his roommate, um, made a decision. He was going to hook us up that weekend, <laughs> um, which the Lord, I guess, had intentions of that happening <laughs> anyway. So um, we started hanging out that weekend and got together and have been together ever since. And that was Aww. October of 1997. I was going to say, you're not going to do the whole, do you remember the date? Do you remember the date? No. <laughs> no, it's easy, Halloween 97. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you fast forward. And so we got married, uh, 911. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we were like, oh, we'll never forget, 911. And I gave then, him an easy date yeah. to remember, 9 So September 1st, 2001, and then obviously 10 days later. <laughs> yeah, the world um, changed. Yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, so we got married right then. But in the middle of that, uh, in 98 is when we started attending Victory World Church wow. at that time. So the church, the, the name has shifted since then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started attending Victory in 98, and two things immediately caught my attention. Mm -hmm. uh, one was the the nature of the sermons was uh, from Pastor Dennis, founding pastor, uh, was discipleship-oriented, was kind of mm. in-your-face, was a little bit edgy, was talking about topics I had never really heard talked about in church. Wow. And uh, the second thing, which you can't... Cannot avoid is walking in and seeing the world yeah. there inside the church. Literally, that's, I mean, it's Victory World Church. So uh, today, even having over 140 nations in the church. So I was not used to that. I mean, yeah. I grew up in the South, Presbyterian. I mean, 99.9% .9 white. Uh, in yeah. every single congregation I'd ever been in and walking in and yeah, there's a white senior pastor, but there's a Jamaican worship pastor and there's mm -hmm. a Latino guy on the percussion and uh, a Kenyan person sitting next to you and somebody from Korea over there. And then you see somebody, you know, Guatemala and, you yeah, know, yeah. All, I mean, That's literally powerful. all over the world. And the Lord started rooting out a whole lot of stuff in me that I didn't even know was in there. Some mm -hmm. prejudice and um, uh, all that sort of stuff that God began doing really a, a supernatural work wow. inside me. That's what it takes. That I didn't even know I needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. So 
beginning into ministry, and we're going to close this segment with this, you, uh, Summer, had the thought of the Lord is calling me into ministry first, and you, Johnson, said, I'm good. You go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, essentially, when I had my like major conversion back when I was a teenager, I was at a youth thing. Again, mm-hmm. get your kids to use their treats if you can. And I, I remember the Lord saying to me in that moment, I've called you to full-time ministry. Mm. I didn't know what that meant, but I just right. I pocketed, put it away, and honestly never thought about it again until it was within six months of our marriage. I'm folding laundry <laughs> and, out of all things. <laughs> and division. Yeah. And <laughs> the Lord just speaks to me and he says, I've called you to full-time ministry. And what I, what I felt like he was saying is, I've not just called you, I've called your husband. Mm. So I go downstairs. So you had to let him know that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Lord talked to her about it. <laughs> well, I go downstairs not and I was me. like, hey, I just, you know, I was folding laundry out of all things, but... I just the Lord reminded me of when I was younger. He said, I've called you to full-time ministry. I don't know what that means, but I think it's for us and just kind of submitted it to him in mm-hmm. that moment. And his response was... Yeah, I mean, you know, for, for lack of better words, I was like, you do you, boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> you go for it because I am not interested. You know, in my mind, uh, I love my dad. My dad is a man of God. My, my dad loves the Lord. Um but in my mind, when I thought of ministry, I thought of my dad, Presbyterian Church, robe in preaching, doctoral stripes on his sleeve, alpha and omega sash around his neck. And I was like, I'm not interested. Didn't want to play church. I did not. I wasn't. And I, but maybe, maybe that's a good thing, a good way of putting it, because I saw what he did. It was so sincere, so mm-hmm. heartfelt. But I saw what the congregation's response was right. and how uninterested yeah. they were and how playing church it was. And I was not interested mm-hmm. in that. And, and you know, obviously now we're sitting here, so some things have transpired. But maybe that's a recurring theme for your listeners today yeah, yeah. is don't, don't lose heart in praying for your kids. Mm-hmm. Don't lose heart in yeah. what God can do. Yeah. And also be very careful what you tell God that you'll never do <laughs> because he has a way of flipping that thing on its head. Uh, yes, he does. And, and he'll take that phrase of you do you boo-boo and turn it into it's me and you boo-boo. Yeah, yeah, it's us. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, we're going to get some more into what the Lord is doing through this wonderful uh, couple and what they're doing through Victory Church. Uh, and we're going to have our prayer time at the top of the hour. And maybe you're considering full-time ministry and what that means to you. Mm. It doesn't have to be, quote, full-time ministry as you have seen it. It can be wherever your feet are, whatever your platform happens to be. And we're going to pray into that and talk about that a little bit here after another set of anointed worship music here on Victory 91.5. We are so glad that you've stopped by to join us today here on Q in the Morning. And we are blessed to be available over the air in Atlanta and North Georgia at 91.5 FM, as well as over 200 countries in all 50 states on Victory.Radio and the More Music app. That's M-O-R, the More Music app. We have our wonderful friends, the pastors from Victory Church. Yes, Victory on Victory, as I said (laughs) earlier today. Uh, Now, we're, we're making our trajectory through your journey and uh, powerful, and thank you so much for your transparency and sharing today. Um, so we've gotten to the point that she was called into ministry. <laughs> you weren't 100% on board yeah. with it yet. So tell us how it actually came together and you started serving at Victory. Yeah, so you know, one of the things I appreciate about Summer and I'd encourage everybody with is she she did not say, well, the Lord has called us, the, so you <laughs> have to do it, and just kind of twisting my arm and nagging and nagging and everything. So, you know, she just kind of put it out there. She and said it well. She submitted it to you. Yeah. That was nice. And I rejected it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the Lord's purposes prevail. They really do. So, um, he didn't force it either, but here. So basically, we we got married and we started going to uh, Victory Young Adults. Which, if you're 18 to 30, you need to be going to something like that. I mean, that um, that's where we landed. Um, uh, still meets today. So we we joined Tuesday a young nights. yeah. So we joined a young married <laughs> victoryatl.com. <laughs> All right, there got you go. So we joined a young married small group uh, there in in Victory, and about six months in, I mean, we're that saved our marriage from from the jump. Right, mm-hmm. uh, because we were learning from people who had gone before us, wow. and yeah. we didn't need to make the same mistakes they had made. And so, about six months in, they they come to us and they ask us to help to lead the small group to be apprentices or leaders in training. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, 
we just kind of looked at each other and then looked behind us and pointed at like like for real like us and um they had what we call you know the four most important letters in the in the english um vocabulary i see in you they had an i see in you conversation and they said hey we see that god's put this in you and we see that god's put this in you we really think that that maybe you know and and opened up the door and so literally we we just kind of looked at each other and said well I guess if they need help, we can do it. Wow. And so we agreed. And we Here started, I am, Lord. Send me. Yeah, no, yes. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's kind of a little bit of what, what the story that I've heard you share before about like, hey, God, I'm not kicking in the doors, but if you're going to open up the door, I'm going to walk through it. Yeah. So my it, my commitment to you is I'm not going to kick down the door, but if you open it, I'll go through it. Amen. And uh, so we walked through it. And about six months later, we're leading a small group. About a year after that, we're leading all the small groups. And then 20 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, 2005, we actually came on staff to lead the young adults. Wow. Uh, their victory um, did that for about five years. Uh, in 2010, uh, we started Victory Hamilton Mill up in the Mala, Georgia area. And about eight years after that, uh, the formal conversation about transition uh, happened uh, with Summer and I and uh, the founding pastors, Pastor Dennis and Colleen Rouse. And in August of 2020, no better time right. than yeah. the middle of COVID. Uh, yeah, here's so many of those great <laughs> stories. Look what God did, though. The, uh, oh, continue. I love gracious. it. I love it. No, in August 16, 2020, we had the service and as many people would come in August of 2020. And the literal torch was mm. passed to Summer and I to lead victory into the next generation. Wow. And, you know, so when you just kind of turn around and you look back and you see the, no, I'm not going to do that. And no, I'm not going to do that. And, no, I'm not going to do that. It is God's kindness mm. and it's his calling, which is irre- irrevocable. And, you know, the Lord just deposited so many things into us, which led us to this moment. And so mm. do not... Um, do not sit in your no, and do not give hope, uh, up hope on any any child or any mm. spouse um, because the Lord is working and giving your yes. Yeah. yeah, and we had two children during that time mm. too. So uh, we had both of our boys, which are our miracles of boys, Jeremiah and Isaac. So wow. during that time as well. But you know, even to that point with with Johnson, we've we've always kind of held our hands open and said, God, we're open to wherever you want to take us, wherever you want to lead us. Um, but what I do, what I understand, I think many times is people think, well, maybe if I have all these things in a row, all mm. of these check, spo- these check boxes, if I do this, 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 and this, then God can use me for ministry. God is waiting for a yes. Mm-hmm. God is waiting for a yes. And when you just say, God, here's my yes, he will open doors no man can open. He will close doors no man can close, but it all it takes is a yes. And yeah. I think it all goes back to me hearing that moment, but then even just submitting to Johnson and Johnson coming to this place in his heart of going, okay, God, yes, whatever that looks like, here's our yes. And we mm. want to be faithful to you. And throughout the faithfulness, he did things that we couldn't do. Yeah. So in just trusting um, in him in that. That's powerful. Well, for people that are listening right now, maybe maybe God's working on you and saying, hey, I've got this for you. And you're thinking about the check boxes or the ducks that need to be in whatever yeah. row they're in. <clears throat> All of my ducks are running around somewhere. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it takes yeah. just taking the step and seeing what lines up with what God has for you. Yeah. So Summer, why don't you take us in our prayer time here and maybe pray into that a little bit for people that are listening that might be just on that edge of yeah. <laughs> you do you boo-boo <laughs> or <laughs> Lord, let me see what you have for me. Absolutely. Be honored. Oh, Father God, we love you. Mm. God, you are beautiful. You are majestic. Uh, There is no one like you. And just in this moment, I thank you for every person who's listening right now. It's not by accident, Lord. You you have them listening this morning for a purpose. And so in that, Lord, um, you know the desires of a man's heart, but God, you also have a plan and a purpose. Your word tells us that in Jeremiah, Mm. that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. And so in that, God, if there's hesitancy in anyone's mind or in their heart on on what their next is, Father, I just pray for just clarity of mind and their thinking in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, I thank you that you are a God that can open doors that no man can open. Lord, I thank you for if there's any fear that's been hindering somebody from saying yes right now. God, we just tell fear to go in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for a peace that surpasses all understanding in this moment. And God, I thank you that you are doing something new in the heart of people. God, you're raising up a new generation. And so, uh, Lord, in this moment, we ask that your word would come, that your peace would rest upon your people. I thank you for your love. Lord, your love that rests upon us and that your love would rest upon your sons and your daughters who are listening right now in this moment. And God, if there's been any, uh, it's almost like, Lord, I see where people have clenched their fists or their hands, Lord, in, in worry or in fear, Lord, that there would be an openness right now, just a letting go and trusting you, Lord, anything that maybe they've seen that's not been of you, God, that you would show them where you are in this moment and you would show them uh, where you are in the future. I thank you for your word, the word of God that is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. So we're asking for your word to light their way in this moment in their minds, in their hearts, in their soul, mm. and in their spirit. And God, I just bless them right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for everyone who's listening. And God, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking that today you would make yourself known, you would make yourself real to them, and you would show them today a, a facet of your love that they haven't felt or seen in quite a while. And we just bless your people now in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. We're going to have, <clears throat> pardon me, Pastors Johnson and Summer uh, Bowie here in uh, from Victory Church in just a little bit. We're going to talk some more about what the Lord is doing through that ministry today. We've gotten the story all the way up and leading to, and uh, we're looking forward to what the Lord is doing now in Victory and in North Georgia and in the world uh, through this wonderful couple and through uh, folks that are partnering with us here at Victory. We love the partnerships we have with many churches and businesses and uh, other uh, ministries and uh, you can be part of that if you would like to be by going to victory.radio click that contact tab there um, if you're interested in partnering with victory 91.5 we'll be back with more from pastors johnson and summer Bowie on victory 91.5 A fitting song as we come out of another set of anointed worship music here on Victory 91.5. Alexander Pappas, it says, does anybody else feel like me? So when you're sharing your testimony, a lot of times you're wondering, does anybody else feel like that? Raise your hand. Oh, I see you in the back. That one person. Okay. Well, today we're talking with Pastors Johnson and Summer Bowie of uh, Victory Church. And uh, we've been talking about our stories off and on the air. And, you know, we've gotten to the point in your together story of being in ministry and, and the torch has passed. And, and we, we've prayed for people that might be thinking that the Lord is calling them to ministry. But I was thinking that there's probably somebody listening that thinks, well, what does that even look like? Uh, starting a ministry or A, being quote unquote handed one, not mm. to say you didn't earn it, yeah. don't mean it like that, <laughs> but like, but, but having it passed down to you, there's got to be some, some uh, opposition that happened there. There's got to be some story there as well. Yeah. So... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> on the spot uh, yeah so you know we we now actually this year we've been in victory for 25 years mm, wow and so yeah it's it's on honestly it's a little bit difficult to remember a life before victory of course for so yeah. long. Um, but I, I i'm in um a cohort of pastors getting my master's degree about to walk in may Amen. goodness gracious <laughs> praise god and um uh, one of the pastors in there is named john jenkins uh like president of the board of the national association of evangelicals uh largest um black church in the northeast wealthiest black zip code <laughs> in america i think they're outside of dc and in our first class we're, we're talking about this transition and he said so why why should you be the pastor of the church mm. and i'm looking at that like this revered accomplished <laughs> goodness gracious what a man question. and i'm like stumbling all over my words and i'm like well I've, I've been here like 20 years and you know i worked my way up and i did this and i did that and he's like no like it's a, it's a majority minority church there's a lot of black people there a lot of latino people there a lot of african people there a lot, mm -hmm. you know asian and you know, why should you be the pastor and so i'm stumbling all over myself and he stops me and he said johnson you're supposed to be the pastor because god called you to mm. do it yeah yeah god called you to do it 
Don't look at your resume. Don't look at your qualification. I didn't even have a master's degree, right? right. You know, I, only, I went to UGA and got a geography degree. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on. Somebody just got, woo, driving down the road. Bringing out a rocking and rolling for Jesus right here today. Literally, I have a geography degree from the University of Georgia pastoring a mega church. Uh, yeah. Just now, two and a half years after the baton passed, am I about to get my master's degree? Wow. And so, again, it's really easy to disqualify yourself in the journey. But, you know, it's it's that old thing. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies mm. the called. Right. And so God put us into this thing. He called us to do it. Yeah. And uh, for such a time as this. And, again, mm-hmm. stepping into the hotbed of COVID and you can't do anything right. You know, Summer's I mean, over I, there. I'm shaking her head. my head. Well, because there was so, I mean, COVID and uh, all the tensions going mm-hmm. on. And to be very honest with you, I think COVID, a lot of people who were hiding in the church with different things, a mm-hmm. lot of sin began to surface. And so yeah. there were a lot of things that... Um, it just things just got pulled to the surface and so we yeah. had to deal with a lot of things that you wouldn't want to deal with all at one time uh mm-hmm. in the middle of a transition in a, a global epidemic yeah. <laughs> so it was a very challenging time for sure what would you say would be the biggest criticism you had to pray through mm-hmm. because i'm because because that's the thing about transitioning to ministry that was quote not yours to start with mm-hmm. or starting ministry at all because, I mean, there's people right now in their head thinking, okay, Lord wants me in ministry, but oh, so-and-so said I wasn't ready for this. Oh, so-and-so yeah. said that. So, so what was oh, the thing yeah. that you had to pray through? Not any names, Johnson. Uh, <laughs> right, but but right, what, right. what did you have to pray through that, that no. you had to, had to just break through to make it yours? You know, there's on, there's there's so many things. I mean, there's there's people, I mean, just look at Nehemiah. I mean, there's always going to be people accusing, of cutting you down, stabbing right. you in the back. You have to have thick skin in ministry. People are going to leave the church. People are going to say right. things that aren't true. People mm-hmm. We're going to do things on staff that you can't even talk about, and you have to take the fall for it. There's all that. Yeah. I think the number one thing you have to deal with is in your own heart, in your mm-hmm. own mind. That's good. And what the, the way the enemy attacks you, the mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. the am I really... Man, if people only knew that I sinned too, you know, it's it's all those sorts of things. And mm-hmm. um, just being confident in your own identity Yeah. and... What God says about you, that mm. let God be true and every man be a liar, um, that what God has promised to fulfill, he's going to fulfill it. We're, we're going to, I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Powerful. Because I, you know, again, what John Jenkins said, I am called by God. Amen. So I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> and if God's the one who put me in here, God's going to have to be the one to remove me. I'm Amen. not going to remove myself. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Do you have anything you want to add to that? No, I I think he hit the nail on the head. I think it really goes back to the Mm self-talk. And if God has opened the door, if he's put you in this position, it's really because there's always going to be criticisms. There's always going to be, you know, opposition. And so knowing at the end of the day who you are in Christ, knowing at the end of the day, God, you're the one who put me here. Mm -hmm. So if this is what you don't want, then I trust you. You're going to do something different. But if this is where you have me, then let me be faithful and remain in a uh, a state of just dependency upon you because Mm -hmm. this is where you have us. And so um, I just, even when you said that criticism, I, I, I remember from when we first started ministry way back when, and an authority figure saying something to a friend of mine of, hey, um, be careful because she's opinionated and talks a lot. And I don't know. And I've never I was, been accused of that ever. Yeah. No. And, you know, but in that moment, it was an authority figure. And mm-hmm. so even just, um, even now, I think for us, just trying to make sure we stay mindful and aware of the words that we say, yeah. the, what we're going to say to people or, or how we approach um, just people who are stepping into ministry because God has given everyone a gift. Yeah. Those gifts all look different, but making sure we can help to bless them wherever yeah, he's called good. them to go and be. So, Well, I think, uh, I think that's really true though. I mean, somebody probably needs to hear that today is that you know, leaders, leaders are people too. And yeah. so the, the weight of a leader's words matter. We yeah. need to respect our leaders. We need to honor our leaders. Um, but at the same time, we have a capital L leader. We have a capital That's S right. shepherd. That's right. A capital and C church. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we need to respect the what God is saying about us and our future yeah. and where we need to go That's good. way more than any human. 
And so, um, again, let God be true and every man be a liar. If he's called me to do it, uh, I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and just trust that he's going to take me where he's leading me. Well, y'all were talking about, you know, starting this thing in the middle of COVID. My my mantra during COVID was either all of the Bible is true or none of it is. Yeah. And so we're standing on those promises of his truth, his way, his life. And that uh, is beaming off of both of you. And I'm looking forward to hearing the next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about coming up on the Easter services and what goes into that because we talked about how we don't just appear right mm-hmm. the graphics don't just make themselves the <laughs> the sermon series even at easter doesn't just come out of nowhere there's prayer travailing prayer that goes into that so we're going to talk a little bit about that process and what the lord's going to do through the easter services at victory church after we get some more anointed worship music here on victory 91.5 only jesus only you. that's our heart cry only Jesus. That's community music here on Victory 91.5. So glad that uh, we have this opportunity on Q in the morning today to dive into some some testimony and some stories behind a wonderful couple that are the senior pastors at Victory Church. That's at the main campus at Norcross, Johnson and Summer Bowie. And we um, have made our way through the trajectory mm-hmm. and uh, now we're leading up to Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. And something I felt led that we should talk about and we off air, we were, you were like, oh yes, I want to I want to talk about the process anyway. So for people that just kind of look on the surface and, and see a sermon title, see the, the graphics that go out, the promo videos, everybody come to our church, especially for Easter or Christmas. Can you speak to the behind the scenes, not not necessarily the preparation for the sermon, because we all know that happens, right? Mm-hmm. But what about the the prayer, the the time that's spent to say, okay, Lord, what are you doing that we can be a part of? Talk about that a little bit. This Absolutely, morning. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, for an Easter, we're we're in December, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and starting to finalize as soon stuff. As Christmas in, is in over, Dece- yeah, 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 probably even before. Wow. Um, you know, an, uh, a few years ago, we. We started kind of changing the format that we did Christmas and Easter's, and we know this is that the message never changes, right? But the right. method changes. The method has to change. Um, uh, how we preach and how we do services right now is different than you know 1400s. <laughs> so they the message yeah. never changes. So the, the question is always like, how do we change? How how do we um, how do we communicate the unchanging message of Christmas and the message uh, of Easter of of the Holy Week uh, in a way that maybe people haven't heard it before mm. or an angle. Um, specifically around Christmas and Easter for unsafe um, friends and family, but in a way that still uh, speaks to the church. Yeah. It still speaks to the to the found. And so, um, yeah, so tons of meetings, tons of prayer, tons of creatives. Uh, and so, you know, this year uh, we're, we're kind of taking an approach of um, how, how I've said it before is uh, – in, in regards to the gospel is that I think for a lot, a lot of uh, many years I had seen all the stories of the Bible but mm. I don't think I'd ever really stepped back to see the story of the Bible that's good that the Bible is full of stories, but the Bible is also one big story, the fact that God reigns and yeah. uh, the fact that God reigns over it all. And even when we fell, God pursued mm. and God longs to be near. We see the nearness in the garden and then we go over to Revelation 21, right? 22. And we see God dwelling with his people once again. Mm. And that's really the story that we're going to endeavor to tell this Easter is uh, when, when, when Adam and Eve stopped walking with God and began hiding. Mm. And then God clothes them. Instead of kills them, he clothes them with the skin of an animal. And then we see the tabernacle, then we see the temple, and then we see Jesus, and then we see the Holy Spirit coming to live within us. And um, th- this this beautiful nearness that God longs to have yeah. with his people. Um, that That is the story that we're really endeavoring to tell, is that Jesus didn't just appear out of thin air. You know, we've been talking about even our own stories. Yeah. Jesus did not just appear out of thin air. Lots of times when we say the gospel, we say, well, John three sixteen. Yes, that's the exclamation point of the gospel, but the gospel began in the garden. I I mean, there's this good news that God reigns, that God loves his people. God's pursued us even in our weakness and our mm. frailty and our sinfulness. He pursued us. And so that's the, the story that we're going to endeavor to tell. Uh, this Easter, we're doing it in spoken word. There's going to be some dance. There's going to be a little bit of acting. I'll be preaching. Um, worship. And, yeah, and then worship. Yeah, of Amen. course. And there will be an opportunity. And I, I really do want to encourage every single pastor, if they need this encouragement, give a clear call to salvation this Easter, whenever your Easter services are, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually going to have that. I guarantee you, if you come to Victory and you bring a friend who doesn't know Jesus, they will hear the gospel in a unique way um, through some original songs that we're doing, as well as a very the, the same message in a different method. And they will have an opportunity to respond to mm. the good news of Jesus. Amen. Um, at, at any one of our four physical campuses, and also one of the things that we're super pumped about um, that we've really been working on the last few years is we started house churches at Victory as well. And so awesome. we, we, we're big believers in deprofessionalizing the ministry and reducing that clergy laity gap and really empowering the congregation to lead and be pastors in their their communities mm-hmm. and their neighborhoods. In their and, homes. Yeah, wow. in their homes. Yeah. Concept. So, <laughs> absolutely. You never Imagine believe that, that if you right? read the Bible, right? Um, <laughs> but we'll have dozens and dozens uh, here local as well as around the yeah. world of, of people hosting either watch parties or house yeah. churches uh, in addition to those four physical campuses. That's powerful. I saw on social media this morning, it, there was somebody that said this, said, why do you think so many people come to Jesus or get born again around Easter? And he postulated that it's because there's so many people getting back to the simplicity of the gospel mm-hmm. in that message. Yeah. Would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. And again, I, I, the simplicity and the clarity of yeah. the gospel. You know, lots of times when, when people come in, you know, they'll hear a message about Isaiah. You know, whatever it is, you know, yeah, walking yeah. into a church. But the job of the pastor is always to bring it back. I mean, everything in, in the Old Testament is a type and a shadow, like pointing right. ahead to the Savior coming. And everything we're living in now borrows borrows from this and lives in mm-hmm. the glory of the, the fact that the tomb is empty. And so, man, can we just pause on this one week <laughs> to, to just talk about the beauty and the simplicity, the glory of the cross, the, the fact that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is alive, and sure. what it means that we can be born again and washed and sanctified and justified because of Jesus. What good news. There's no better news. No better news. (laughs) Summer as a mom and a pastor and everything that goes into this weekend, what are you most excited about? Oh, I love this time of year. I mean, I I love just in general, but I always love meeting new faces, seeing people and seeing people come in and just connect with God. Mm Mm-hmm hear God, see God, feel God in a way maybe they haven't ever in their lifetime um, or just in this moment and just get reconnected back to him. So it really just warms my heart just when you see people coming, walking out the doors and they've just um, met God in a tangible way. And so however we can be an expression of that, you know, it's powerful. I think about the scriptures and the scripture, uh, people will know you're my disciple by the way that you love. So if we can embody the love of God and just create an atmosphere mm. and a presence for them to hear from God, receive from God and meet God, man, that just excites me. So, Well, he just mentioned that it was December, even before Christmas, that oh, you yeah. start talking about Easter and you talked about how that's the busiest time. So, <laughs> so how do you fit in interceding and praying for everything that's going to happen in Easter when you're in the midst of all of that stuff in December? <laughs> we, man, I mean, you just... You, you take it. You have to, you just get before the Lord when you can and yeah. how you can and just spend that time with him. And and knowing, again, it's, while there's, yes, there's things you have to do formulaic, at the same time, man, it's just getting into a posture of prayer and, yeah. and spending time with the Lord, knowing at the end of the day, as long as we get across what he wants to get across, as long as we're mm. tied in with him, tuned in with him, he makes things happen. Yes, there's a process. Yes, there's a program, but... Let's just stay submitted to him and like intercede on those that we want to see come to know him in a way that we've come to know him. Yeah. So, Wow. This powerful perspective from both of you this morning. Thanks so much for spending time with us Thanks here. Thanks so much for having us. Victory on victory. We're going to probably get to do that again. Uh, so for folks this time of year, the best way to find out what the Lord is doing through Victory Church at Norcross, Hamilton Mill, uh, Midtown, or North Cobb is to go to easterinatlanta.com. Uh, grateful that you have that. But the, the all-the-time website uh, is uh, victoryatl.com. Got the, the opportunity to go to there earlier looking into to you guys and all that the Lord is doing through Victory. So folks, Folks, I encourage you to check that out. But right now, if you want to get involved and want to see the online campus, want to be part of what the Lord is doing through Easter in Victory Church, that's easterinatlanta.com. Thank you, Johnson and Summer Bowie, for coming and spending time with me this morning. Thank you. It's been amazing. Thanks for it having us. It is a wonderful time here on Victory. We've got some more to do. I've got your National Day calendar coming up. Some more anointed worship music here on Q in the Morning on Victory 91.5.